Communication is the act of revelation. But for communication to be effective um, in bringing about transformation, it needs to reveal information and it needs to also be trustworthy. The challenge for us today is that in our TikTok 10-second world, we trade news and revelation for infotainment. We settle for the quick grab, the tasty morsels of the sugar hit. But when it comes to our spirituality, we can easily settle for charisma rather than for character. We settle for the quick fix rather than the tried and the tested. And that has me wonder... Why settle for less when we can have a better revelation in Jesus? Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that you invite us into this time, a time with you, Holy Spirit, where you will be at work and move amongst us. We ask that you would use this time, Spirit, to speak to us deep to deep, and that as a result of that, we would go away with a better understanding of who you are and the depth of your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we begin a brand new series um, that will have us touch on several key themes in the book of Hebrews, which is unique in the New Testament. While originally thought to be written by Paul, um, the when we've looked at the, the text itself and the way it's written, the high quality of Greek that's there suggests that it's probably not Paul. He would often use an amanuensis or a scribe or a secretary to write his letters to the churches when he was writing. There's the number of also the Old Testament quotations and allusions that we find in the book of Hebrews. And all that goes around it suggests that it probably wasn't Paul who wrote this book after all. Might have been a polis, but really we just don't know. It was probably written around 60 AD or in the 60s AD. And the Old Testament that is referred to is not the Hebrew or the Aramaic Old Testament, but it's the Greek translation of the Old Testament known as the Septuagint. So if you were having a look through the book of Hebrews and if you were to look at the bottom of the page and um, as a result of that or on the screen, you might see um, the reference um, to LXX, which means um, is basically like a shorthand uh, reference to the Septuagint. Another reason for the uniqueness of the book of Hebrews is the writing style. It's less like a letter and more like a speaker's manuscript. So, a Christian leader, like maybe Apollos, writes a message to the church, and then it is copied and sent out to other churches who receive it. They have a nominated person that would then read it out to their church. They might keep a copy of it in their library, but then send it to a neighbouring church as well, with all without the aid of email or Google. How amazing is that? And lastly, by way of background to the book of Hebrews, there's a variety of suggestions as to why it was written. But my personal favourite is the one that I came across when I was going through Theo College. Um, that people familiar with the Jewish religion and possibly had grown up with it, had converted to Christianity. They had accepted Jesus as their Messiah. 
And therefore, in their leaving of the Jewish sacrificial system, all the rites and the rituals that would go along with that, there was a huge change that happened in their life. But after their conversion and baptism, life continues on. And they sin. And they find that, okay, what do we then do with this? These Christians are in a quandary. How do we deal with post-conversion sin? So they start to revert back to their old religious practices of wanting to go back to the temple, go back to sacrificial systems and those sorts of things, rather than trusting in what Jesus has achieved. And so the writer prepares a message, exhorting, encouraging the hearers um, of this spoken word not to turn their backs on what Jesus has done. Why settle for less? Because Jesus is better. And for us today, we can easily find ourselves getting distracted as well. We can find ourselves turning our attentions to the sugar-hit spirituality that has this crave but doesn't really transform character and it doesn't really help us to live life well. And so today... And over the next eight weeks, I want to encourage you to not settle for less because Jesus is better. So let's dive into the the, um, book of Hebrews and Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. The writer of Hebrews starts his, his homily, his message like this. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honour, at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Now, there's an assumption that leads this passage, and it needs to be understood. Long ago, God spoke. So, If we believe that God is a God who created, who set everything in motion, planted the seeds for all that exists today, then it is entirely reasonable that this creator God would want to communicate with his creation. Paul, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, writes about the invisible qualities of God being made visible, like a fingerprint left behind with the detective's brush and the powder, so it can be dusted, and the dust discovers the mark of the maker, revealing who was there. That creation bears the fingerprint of God. But more than that, The God who spoke life into being in Genesis 1 still speaks and still communicates to us today, to his creator. God, in Hebrews chapter 1, spoke many times 
and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Prophets like Moses, prophets like David that the writer will uh, refer to, but also through many others. The writer simply pulls the drawstrings of the Old Testament and gathers it up um, and all the Old Testament writings in this statement and points to the gathered text, reminding the hearer that God who spoke in the past time and time again and through word and intervention, visions, dreams, mighty acts and visitations, God spoke in the past. That was back then. And now, in this age, God spoke through his son, Jesus. And while in the past the revelation was fragmented and incomplete, in Jesus, the revelation of God is made complete to us. It is connected. It is whole. There is a consistency in this. Because God, the same God of the Old Testament in many times and in many ways, is the same God who is behind the message that Jesus brings. In John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, we have this recorded um, of what Jesus says. When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He. I do nothing of my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I do what pleases him. The message that Jesus brings from God is the fulfilment of the message spoken about in the Old Testament. Not a contradiction of the Old Testament or a doing away with the Old Testament. Rather, Jesus' message builds on what God had said in the Old Testament and brings this message to completion in the person and the work of Jesus, God's Son. The table on the um, screen that we'll show now uh, gives a comparative summary as, as I read from the start of Hebrews chapter 1 through to partway through verse 2. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. And the writer of Hebrews acknowledges that God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. Through the son, he created the universe that we'd been celebrating and reading about and singing about in our service this morning. Echoing Genesis and the Gospel of John, that all the universe is created through God's spoken word, the Logos, the eternal God, the Son. In this same Son that was present at creation and who now speaks. Verse 3, the Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. This is the only time that those two words, which are translated into English from the Greek words in the New Living Translation, the words radiates and character are used at all in the New Testament. But the image that the writer draws us um, into is, is an image of an engraving process where you engrave into a master the, uh, a coin press and you press or you stamp the coin and the coin reflects the engraving of the maker, the maker's mark. 
Jesus, God's Messiah, is no less, or he wasn't a human who became divine because he just lived such a good life. Rather, God the Father sent God the Son to be the fulfillment of God's revelation to his creation. That's why Jesus states in John chapter 5, verse 36, but I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish and they prove that he sent me. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, we read this, my Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son uh, chooses to reveal him. So Jesus declares to his followers in John 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. There is this impression, there is this stamp on Jesus. If you see me, you see what God is like. Then the writer continues to expand on why Jesus is a better revelation as we continue in verse 3. When he, that is Jesus, has cleansed us from our sins, he sat down at the place of honour at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Because of what Jesus did through his death for our sins and resurrection, paving a way for us to be able to live life well in Jesus, the Son of God returns to God the Father and sits down at the place of honour, at the right hand of God. While angels have been sent out as God's messengers, you might remember stories around Christmas time of the, the heralding angels declaring the birth of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate messenger. And while the work of angels is important, the revelation through Jesus is, um, is what they are wanting to do. They're wanting to point to this person, Jesus. And so we have the writer of Hebrews encouraging the hearers in his audience. Why settle for less when it comes to seeking revelation, when it comes to seeking understanding, when you go... Um, why would you settle for anything less when you can go directly to the source, the one equally God who was there at creation, at the creation of the universe and is the one to whom angels throughout history have directed people to know? And what about for us today? We have Christians that seem to be prepared to settle. People who will settle for only reading books about others who have a following, a, a, a relationship in following Jesus. Or they get lost in reading about the ancient Christi, uh, Christian mystics and those sorts of things, delving into their stories rather than delving into the story of Jesus. And while it is good and while it is helpful to uh, have a supplement, if this sort of reading replaces getting to know Jesus, then we end up settling for less than a personal relationship with Jesus, who is a better revelation. And there are people who are spiritually seeking. 
They long to be at one with the earth. They want to live in harmony with the plants and the animals. They look to the stars and astrology for guidance on what to do and how to do it. But they settle for less because they don't realise that they can have an even better, a more harmonious relationship with creation through a better revelation in Creator Jesus. And today... We have people who believe in angels and strive to connect and communicate with them through meditation, through transcendence, uh, transcending the here and now to, uh, in the hope that by entering into a greater connection with the angels, they would have a better revelation as a result of it. But the writer of Hebrews um, and what he poses to us today is, why would you settle? for communicating with angels when Jesus is the better revelation of God and that uh, every time that the angels did any of their work, they were wanting to point to Jesus. The writer continues in um, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. And when he, that is Jesus, um, uh, sorry, God, brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all the, of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, uh, he sends his angels like winds, uh, winds like servants, uh, his servants like flames of fire. And continues in verses 13 and 14. And God never said to any of his angels, sit in a place of honour at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants. Spirit sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Which begs the question, why would you settle for less by striving to communicate to angels to gain revelation and better understanding when they are servants sent by the Son, Jesus, who is a better revelation? Absolutely. The work of angels continues to be an integral part of the expansion of the kingdom of God today, just as it was in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But why settle? Why settle? When Jesus invites you to discover through a personal relationship with him a better revelation, a greater way to know God and to live life well. And while the biographies and um, other people's relationship with Jesus can inspire us, it would be such a shame if we lived our relationship with Jesus vicariously through other people, wishing that we had what they had. Jesus doesn't want you to settle, but instead wants you to experience a better revelation of who God is and how to live your best life to live life well through a personal relationship with God's only son, Jesus. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that in you, you manifest the presence of God the Father, that you brought God to us that you, like a coin, a perfect representation of the maker's mark, revealed 
who God is to us. Not so that we can transcend this time and space to enter into another realm, another plane of consciousness. But you came to us to reveal God's love for us. Jesus, we thank you that angels continue to minister. They, they bring about the effects of the kingdom of God advancing. That they provide protection. They can help encourage and help us in our lives. But help us not to get distracted by wanting to follow angels and get taken off the better path of following you. Jesus, thank you that you are the supreme revelation of God and that you reveal your love to us. May it continue to transform us and shape the way we live. Amen. So how might we respond today? As we think about the aspects of this revelation, what are some things that you do that you use to help you to navigate through life? There can be a variety of things that we do. But my question is, do they bring you closer to Jesus or do they take away? Do they fill the space that Jesus wants to be in your life? Offer a prayer asking the Holy Spirit to help you not to settle for less, but to help you to experience a better revelation through a personal relationship with Jesus. And when it comes to a relationship with Jesus, then what can we do as a ministry team to support you in your relationship with Jesus, to help it grow, to help it to be the best that it can be? There's going to be some music played and I encourage you to use those response cards or for those that are at home to use the chat function or you can send us a message as well. And to use this time to respond to the things that God is saying to you this morning. God bless you. Thank you.